Alrighty. Hello, it's Becca here with Mixed Media, a podcast where a random teen, me, tells you all of her unsubstantiated opinions on popular books, movies, and TV shows. Maybe you'll agree, maybe not. Either way, I'm just going to keep on talking, so maybe you should listen. Today, I'm discussing the book War Cross by Marie Lu. If you haven't read this book, number one, go read it. But if you haven't read it, I would still listen to this episode. Yes, there will be spoilers, but hearing the plot of a book and reading it are two completely different experiences. Of course, I understand if you don't want any spoilers. So now is your chance to pause the episode and resume once you've read this book. All right, before we get into this in-depth analysis, I'll give you a short synopsis so you can get a feel for the story or a refresher if you've already read it. For the millions who log in every day, Warcross isn't just a game, it's a way of life. The obsession started 10 years ago and its fan base now spans the globe, some eager to escape from reality and others hoping to make a profit. Struggling to make ends meet, teenage hacker Emika Chen works as a bounty hunter, tracking down players who bet on the game illegally. But the bounty hunting world is a competitive one, and survival has not been easy. Needing to make some quick cash, Emika takes a risk and hacks into the opening game of the International Warcross Championships, only to accidentally glitch herself into the action and become an overnight sensation. Convinced she's going to be arrested, Emika is shocked when instead she gets a call from the game's creator, the elusive young billionaire Hideo Tanaka, with an irresistible offer. He needs a spy on the inside of this year's tournament in order to uncover a security problem, and he wants Emika for the job. With no time to lose, Emika's whisked off to Tokyo and thrust into a world of fame and fortune that she's only dreamed of. But soon, her investigation uncovers a, st- a sinister plot with major consequences for the entire Warcross Empire. That synopsis is from Goodreads, not from me. Uh, I am not that talented of a writer. <laughs> yeah, speaking of Goodreads, I have a Goodreads. You can follow me on there to keep up with what books I'm reading. I update it and review things on it pretty regularly. Uh, I'm pretty sure my Goodreads is just Rebecca Pleer. Um, I might tweet it out or something uh yeah so let's get into this review so first let's talk about the plot so I don't know I feel like I didn't have much to say about this plot except at first when I you know read the inside cover of this book I was like this is a complete ripoff of Ready Player One (laughs) because you know when you hear the synopsis and you hear the concept it's basically ready player one but with a twist and you know but reading the book I kind of felt like the world was different it was you know a little bit less sad if that makes sense it was a little more upbeat um and they weren't really focused on that whole element of like who's gonna run the world or whatever it's more uh, like stopping a sinister plot to stop I don't know it was kind of similar you know it I felt it was a little controversial you tell me your thoughts but I was I wasn't too mad at it um I I enjoyed the plot I mean it was nothing groundbreaking but it was still entertaining uh and I'll talk more about that in the writing style so let's let's get to the writing style um I have read Marie Lu's books before. I read her Legends series that she put out a few years ago. 
and I really enjoyed it. I really like her writing style uh, because she has vivid descriptions that really immerse you in the world. And it feels like you can see it like as if you're watching a movie instead of reading. And I think that's really good for people who have trouble visualizing what they read. Um, I usually don't have too many problems with that, but this one makes it really easy. As soon as you uh, turn the page to page one, you're there. You're seeing the world. And yeah, I really like uh, how she does that with her style. Uh, It definitely feels like a young adult novel. It definitely feels geared towards teens because it has all those those tropes, you know, the ones we know, the ones we love, the ones we hate. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Her world building uh, is just great, and the main character is pretty cool, uh, but most of the other characters are kind of uh, surface level, which we'll talk about that when we talk about characters. So let's let's talk about it. Uh, Emeka Chen, our main character, is the one we spent the most time with since she's our narrator, so it makes sense that she felt the most fleshed out and the most, I guess, deep, real character in the book. Hideo and especially Emeka's teammates on the Phoenix Riders felt like pictures of people rather than flesh and blood, if that makes sense. They felt two-dimensional, is what I'm trying to say. But I'm I'm certain that we're going to know more about these side characters later on in the book. I don't know about Hideo, but I know her teammates. I'm hoping we'll get to know them more in the next book because there is a sequel. So about Emika, she is really, the main thing I think about her is sassy. And what can I say? I know it's an old trope, it's overused, but I love a sassy main character. Um, I, I do. Uh, she's strong and independent, uh, which means she's the product of her life. And it's good to see how, you know, she has been hardened by life, which kind of makes her not want to open up to people. But she still has that sensitive and vulnerable side to her that we see. Uh, throughout the book. I really like that. All right. Uh, Hideo, uh, he is this strong, silent type that is kind of secretly sweet and sincere. Uh, That trope, you know, you see it a lot, and I like it, but I feel like it's way overdone. Just, I don't know, I just, the whole soft boy (laughs) trend that's going around, I just, I'm not a huge fan of it. I feel like it's been there done that kind of a thing it's had its moment i i don't know i don't know um i i did like him the best uh, near the end of the story where he saw where we saw kind of his flaws and how he was a more complex character than we originally assumed how he kind of has that darker side to him i'm interested to explore that in the next book because i think that's quite compelling um, yeah, and I, I like what they did by making him kind of the true villain. And I liked that they kind of pulled a uh, an Avengers Infinity War <laughs> uh, by making his argument make sense and being for the good of society, uh, although it infringes on people's rights and people's, uh, you know, minds, actually. And this is kind of a classic dilemma that I feel we don't really see a lot in books and especially in young adult books so I'm excited to see what Marie Lu does with this concept because you know Avengers Infinity War kind of brought this up uh and now 
I see that she's bringing it up in her writing, so I'm excited to see if she's going to take a different route or what she's going to do with it. All right, let's talk about um, Emika's teammates on the Phoenix Phoenix Riders. So the team captain was Asher, and at first I just I hated Asher, <laughs> and I'll talk about that a little later. But I I just didn't like him. He was annoying to me. But he he grew on me. I will admit he grew on me throughout the book. You know I didn't hate him as much. Um. <laughs> At the end, I could tell that he was driven, but he was truly a good person, not the enemy. And I liked that they uh, made him be in a wheelchair and that that wasn't the main part of his story. I think we need more representation of, um, I guess, disabled people um, that aren't necessarily perfect, I guess. Because um, <laughs> you don't see that a lot, and I and it's important, so... I like that, too. Um, then I guess his girlfriend was Hammy. And I did not know they were dating until pretty much the end when it was like they're kind of flirting. I didn't know they were a thing. <laughs> so I feel like Marie Lou could have made that more obvious. But maybe I just didn't catch it. Um, but I really liked the character of Hammy. She's hilarious. And I really liked her right away. Um totally cool and I really I can't wait to see more of her character and what she does when she's kind of uh breaking the rules I want to see her do some really cool stuff she seems like an action hero I, I like her a lot um Roshan I forgot he was there half the time to be honest because he's so quiet um but I I liked him I guess I liked that he was supportive of Emika and he wasn't you know, when everyone was kind of mad at her, he was like, guys, let her tell her side of the story. Very sympathetic. That was nice. And now Tremaine, who is on the Demon Brigade team and is also a hacker. Um, he and Roshan kind of have that past that they always hinted toward but never explained. And I'm thinking they're saving that for the next book. But I would have liked an explanation because they kind of just kept bringing it up that there was tension between them. But at first with Tremaine, I hated him because he was really mean. Um, and he kind of still is. So I don't really love him, but I didn't expect him to be another one of the, the bounty hunters. Uh, and that was kind of a cool twist. And I liked that he helped Emika out, even though he kind of did it rudely. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I was going to talk about Emika's dad and her roommate, Kiera, Kira, something like that. Um, but I don't want to because they're so minor. I don't really care about them. <laughs> All right. And finally, the elephant in the room, Zero, a.k.a. Sasuke Tanaka. Uh, I wrote, can you say biggest reveal of all time? Because I was not expecting that. I was truly shocked at the end. Shocked uh, and in awe because that was a really cool twist. Um, and it made me really ready to dive into the next book. Uh, Zero's character was very intimidating and honestly kind of scary, but I'm excited to see more of his character and how uh, Sasuke became Zero and that whole, like, what happened in the next book. I'm excited about that. Um, yeah, so that's kind of it for characters. All right, now we're going to get into... Some of the um, 
like moments that I noticed throughout the book. Uh, first category is emotional moments. And honestly, I didn't really have any. I didn't really connect with this book um, like in a really personal way. I didn't cry over it. It didn't evoke any uh, true uh, large emotional reactions from me. So I didn't really have anything of note to say on that, um, except that, you know, most of the reveals I wasn't expecting. So that was kind of cool. I was like, oh, wow, crazy. <laughs> but then that was kind of it. Um, some cute things that I liked. I liked that Emika had rainbow hair. I just thought that was cool. And I was like, oh, man, I wish I had rainbow hair. Um, I also liked her electric skateboard because I, I like skateboards. I don't know why. I can't really do it very well, but. Um, I just like characters who skateboard. I think it's so cool. <laughs> and I like that it was like her electric skateboard was like also a backpack and it was cool. Um, another cute thing that I noticed was uh, when we first met Hammy, I liked the scene where Emika was like, oh, this girl's wearing a sports jersey. Not sure if we're going to connect. Not sure if we're going to vibe. But then <laughs> she saw that it was a Quidditch jersey and she was like, oh, this is my type of person because I would be the complete same. Uh, I'm a huge Harry Potter nerd and I am not a fan of sports. So I liked that they had the whole Quidditch thing. The allusion to Harry Potter was nice. Um, always good. Now I'm going to, I this is a new category I thought of, which I thought, why wouldn't I have this category in here? Um, it's the stuff that I didn't like. <laughs> so I don't have a lot in this category. Uh, but just number one, number one thing that I hated was the line when Asher was introducing himself to Emika. He said, I'm Asher, but you can call me Ash. <laughs> I hate that. I hate that so much. Um, I don't really know why, because I'm fine with nicknames. Like, my name is Rebecca, but my nickname is Becca or whatever. But like, just... Or when people whose name is like Catherine or Caitlin and they're like, you can call me Cat. Like, ew. <laughs> Why would you do that? I don't know. It's just a thing. Maybe I'm being crazy. Probably am. But I just thought that was a little cringy. And then the other thing I didn't like that's kind of overarching was that the Romans, Romans? romance between Emika and Hideo, it it moved too fast for me and it kind of felt ingenuine because obviously there was some tension between them and some flirting when they were working together but then all of a sudden it was like oh boom now we're getting into a physical relationship and now we're in love and I just it didn't feel true to life it didn't feel real and it felt uh it didn't feel genuine um and I just, that made me not really care about that part. Uh, anytime they were hanging out, I'm like, okay, can we get back to the action? I want to, I want to know about zero. I want to know about the hacking. You know, I didn't care about the romance as much. And, you know, maybe that's just a personal thing. All right. And now on to questions. Obviously, since this book has a sequel, there are a lot of questions. Um, you know, besides the obvious ones, like, oh, uh, you know, how did, uh, Zero, you know, how did, um, Sasuke become Zero? Like, that's kind of obvious. So I, I thought of some more, I guess, um, 
other ones. So my first question was, is Emika going to end up teaming up with Zero? Because I feel like we need to see more of his character and hear more about it. So I feel like they're going to make her somehow work with Zero or team up with Zero. And ugh, I swear to gosh, if in the next book she teams up with Zero and her and Zero become romantically involved, I'm going to throw the book across the room because that should not be the case. I would hate that. Um, Please don't let that happen. Um, now, I mean, my second question is, if Emika and all of her teammates have the lenses that control your mind, how is she going to avoid that? How is she going to avoid being controlled? Because in the book, they said even if you take them out, they still leave that residual uh, atom layer thick uh, thing on your eye, I guess. That's what controls your mind. So how is she going to avoid that? I'm curious to know because they didn't really uh, address that. And my last question is why wouldn't Hideo just have Emika arrested when she said, I'm going to stop you. I'm not going to support you. You know, he has the power. She has a criminal record. No one's going to question her being arrested. Um, and nothing would really stop him from doing that. And then that would kind of in inhibit her from going out and learning more about his plan and trying to stop it. So I don't know why, why wouldn't, that's kind of a plot hole, I guess, because why wouldn't he just arrest her? Like, that doesn't make sense to me. Um, and I guess, not really a question, but uh, a thing that I hope happens. A wish, I guess. I hope that we see Emika's roommate and that she's doing well because I'm still thinking about how she was just laying on the couch and that's kind of sad. And I really hope that they give her some kind of redemption and don't just leave her in the minds of readers as, like, lazy and boring. I don't know. Um, all right. So now I'm going to give my official rating. I rate this book uh, four out of five stars. Um, I liked it a lot when I was reading it. I, I flew through it, honestly. And as soon as I finished, I was like, oh, man, I, I want to read the next book. And then the next day I got the next book. But it's been a couple days since then, and I haven't read the book. So, you know, and since I've spent time away from the story and away from the world, I'm kind of becoming less and less interested in picking it up. And I'm sure once I pick it up, I'll kind of become re-immersed in it. But I'm kind of like, uh, do I want to read the next book? It's like, I'm not, I don't have that urge where I immediately have to read it and finish it. I'm not obsessed with it. And when I read a book, personally, I want to be obsessed with it because that means I am having the time of my life. Um, yeah, so let me know what you think. I'm probably going to read the second book and I'm probably going to do an episode on that. If you are interested in that, let me know. Um, yeah, follow me on Goodreads. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, uh, anything you want to tell me, uh, I have a Twitter, which is at MixedMedia20, and I have uh, an email for, I guess, business inquiries, uh, which is, I believe, MixedMediaPodcast19 at gmail.com. And then I also have personal accounts, which if you want to follow them, you can. My Goodreads, I'm not even sure what it is. Um, 
let's check here. I think it's just uh, Rebecca Pleer. I think that's really it. Um, I'll do some research. If you want me to make any more social media accounts to keep up with the podcast, let me know. I'm up open to suggestions. You know, I, I'm a, I'm a tech, tech girl. Not really. Um, yeah. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you agree with me on my rating, let me know. Um, yeah. And I guess thanks for listening and I will see you guys next time. Mm-hmm.